Hello, and welcome to this episode of Dallas Christian College's Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spees, Director of Advancement, and today we are continuing in our series of podcasts that are looking at current and relevant topics and events that are impacting our society, the world of Christian higher education, and particularly the local church. And uh, I don't know about you, the season we've been living in uh, at times has made it very difficult to find reasons to be thankful and to, uh, to look on the bright side of things or to even as we approach this Thanksgiving holiday to find reason to give thanks. And so today we're going to be looking at that topic and we are honored to have uh, Dallas Christian College's chair of the Bible department, Dr. Mark Halen here. And as always, we've got the voice of DCC's leadership podcast, Mr. Mark Worley, the uh, Vice President for Institutional Advancement. And we're going to have this discussion on biblical thanksgiving and glean some insights from Dr. Halen's uh, study of Scripture. And uh, hopefully this will be something that will encourage us as we enter this holiday season. But Mark, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you uh, guide us through some discussions with Dr. Halen. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Well, you know, uh, uh, quite a while back, Dr. Halen and I did uh, did some sermon prep uh, things on Thanksgiving, getting ready to preach uh, for the Thanksgiving season. And and what I've discovered uh, through uh, interaction with uh, Dr. Halen was, you know, in the United States, Thanksgiving goes back to like William Bradford and the, and the pilgrims. And boy, uh, we look at the uh, the Thanksgiving there, but but really, as we take a look at it, it goes even farther back, all the way back to the Old Testament. And so, you know, what is Thanksgiving? We think of it as a holiday to say thanks to God for giving us good stuff. Uh, maybe it's a holiday for us to eat a lot of good food, uh, which I like. Uh, maybe it's a holiday about us, our family, our country. But, you know, the, really, uh, Dr. Halen, when we were taking a look at it, is it more than that? And it really is. It goes back to some very core aspects of of life with God and serving God and being a part of Him. So um, we took a look at Psalm 100, but there's other there's other passages as well that talk about that. So, Dr. Halen, uh, you you are really an Old Testament scholar. So let's take a look at uh, what are what are some passages that w- really. Uh, epitomize Thanksgiving and, and exactly what Thanksgiving is? Well, uh, to begin with, uh, we'll go ahead and use Psalm 100 as a starting point. Uh, in verse 4 is the verse that most people think of, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. What's interesting, when you actually look at the vocabulary there. You have a word group, uh, yada and toda. Yada is the verb, and toda is the noun. And those words have the idea of making something known, proclaiming something, confessing something. And what's fascinating is there's like 143 uses of this word group in the Old Testament, and not a single one in not a single use is there the idea of confessing, proclaiming, giving thanks for material possessions that God has given. It's things of 
about his love, his faithfulness. For instance, eight times in the book of Psalms, four times in Psalm 136, give thanks, confess, praise Yahweh, for he is good, his love endures forever. Four times in Psalm 107, let them give todah, let them give confession, let them give proclamation to Yahweh for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. Uh, and so you have that dynamic of, of putting the focus on God rather than on my life, what I have experienced, what I possess. It's more of a communal aspect of thanksgiving. What have we all together experienced? And most of all, what have we experienced from God? Now, I don't want to leave the impression that we're never told in the Old Testament to give thanks for material possessions. Uh, definitely thanksgiving is given for material possessions, but it's interesting that the vocabulary that is used there is not the vocabulary of thanksgiving, it's the vocabulary of remembering, of not forgetting. Remember where this came from. Don't forget where this came from. Bless God. Give him honor when this happens. Uh, and perhaps uh, the, one of the best places where that's found is in Deuteronomy chapter 8, which, which is, by the way, I always, I always like to encourage, whenever I teach Pentateuch in the fall semester, uh, I always encourage my students at Thanksgiving time when they go home for break that they, they need to read Deuteronomy 8 because that is a passage that just, Whenever you read it, you kind of get the vibe of, you know, oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain. Uh, you know, starting in verse 6, observe the commands of Yahweh your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. For Yahweh your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams and pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and the hills, a land with wheat and barley, vine and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you'll lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. Now when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise, bless Yahweh your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget Yahweh your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you'll forget Yahweh your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Um, so you have that aspect then the you know, final passage I would, I, I would highlight in this regard is when you put those two together, if you remember, it's not about what you have. It's about God, the one who about gave. knowing his place, yep. your place in his plan, and knowing that he's the one who gave it. That allows us that, like in a year like 2020, where maybe some people listening to this podcast may have lost it or have fear of losing 
the stuff they have, they can, they can respond with response like Habakkuk in Habakkuk right. 3, verses 17 and 18. Though the fig tree doesn't bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls, yet will I rejoice in Yahweh. I will be joyful in God my Savior. And it is interesting in that passage, you know, back there at Psalm 100, the idea of singing for joy. Uh, usually when there's thanksgiving vocabulary, nearby there is vocabulary that talks about singing for joy, rejoicing, because joy is not about circumstance, it's about confidence and steadfastness, knowing who we are in God, who we are in Christ, and the stability that we have in Him. And Mark, uh, <clears throat> man, uh, incredible stuff. And by the way, I, I uh, Dr. Halen just did that, you know, on the fly. Uh, I do have to say I'm really glad he had a little bit of a cheat sheet. You know, that makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> so anyway, but... <clears throat> couple of things. When, you, when he's talking about Pentateuch, you're talking about the first five books of the Old Testament, right? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, well, one of the things that you, you called God pretty consistently, I just don't want to deviate too far, but you, you kept saying Yahweh. Uh, why Yahweh? Uh, the divine name that, that God gives to Moses in, in Exodus 3 um, <laughs> is, is the name Yahweh. And usually in the Old Testament, modern English translations, and even in older English translations, you'll see that represented as all caps, Lord. And it's interesting to me in, in, the, in Judaism and then even in Christianity afterwards, there's been this, you know, we don't want to mess up the divine name. We don't want to mispronounce it. And so that gave rise to uh, Jews, whenever they saw the divine name, what's called the Tetragrammaton, the four letters, uh, that'd be transliterated with a Y, an H, a W, an H. There'd be an aversion to trying to pronounce it. So they substituted either Hashem, meaning the name, or they would use, they would use another name for God, Adonai. And, uh, and uh, then what happened is you would put the vowels from Adonai with the consonants from Yahweh, and you would get Jehovah you know, by way of Latin, German, into English. And so we, a lot of times we use this name that never appears in the Bible, <laughs> Jehovah. But I like, you know, if you want to honor me, you call me by my name. My children call me Dad. Uh, my friends call me Mark. My students call me Dr. Halen. If you want to honor me, you call me by my name. And so I don't think, I, I don't, I think there's this <laughs> unwarranted fear among some people mispronouncing the name of, of, of God. No, Yahweh. If you mispronounce my name, but you're trying to honor me, that's fine. So I, I always, when I'm reading the Bible, I always when I see the all caps, Lord, I like to say Yahweh, because I yeah. think that honors cool. that honors him. Hey, uh, thank you. I mean, a, a lot of times I've heard you uh, read the scriptures and you use Yahweh, and a lot of times uh, people, might, maybe even listening, don't don't know. And that's a great, thank you. Um in, in Psalm 100, which is called a Psalm of Thanksgiving, it, uh, I mean, I know you've studied it, you've taught about it. So is there something going on 
in Psalm 100? I mean, why, why is why is he saying what he's saying here? Well, I, we don't know the exact circumstances of Psalm 100. My guess is maybe it has something to do with Feast of the Tabernacles. That Feast of the Tabernacles occurred in October, November every year in our calendars. And it was the big Thanksgiving blowout. So we we, we were following good biblical precedent of having a fall <laughs> blowout Thanksgiving just without festival. The, without yeah. the football. Yeah, just yeah. They just didn't do football. Uh but that was the what a tragedy. Yeah, that was yeah. when they celebrated, you know, barley harvest came in the spring, weed harvest came in the late spring, early summer. They're now gathering in the fruits and all the other stuff and the nuts and all that kind of stuff. And and they would remember God's provision for them in the wilderness. They would they would camp out, you know, like out in the backyard. They would have these tents they would put up. And even today in modern-day Judaism, they have these booths that they set up either inside the house or in the backyard if they if they have access to, to, to that. And they just celebrated God's provision. And it could be that, that Tabernacles, uh, Sakat, <coughs> Festival Sakat is is in the background here. And it is interesting that that you have the progression, you shout for joy to Yahweh, all the earth. You worship him with gladness. You come before him joyful songs. Then you know. That's kind of interesting. That's the main verb there. Everything yeah. flows out yeah. of this. Knowing who God is. Know that Yahweh is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We're his people. The sheep of his pasture were under his care. We belong to him, and therefore we ought to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And that may be like the outer courts of the temple where the people, priests could only go into the interior parts of the, of the temple. And of course, only the high priest could go into the most holy place only once a year, but everyone could come into the courts. And so we're going to come into his courts with praise, and then we're going to confess to him, and we're going to praise his name. We're going to talk about what God has done, the good things that God has done. For Yahweh is good, and notice what what is highlighted: not not my puppy, <laughs> not not my car, not my you know. Pick out the age group, the type of things we talk about being thankful for around the Thanksgiving table. Mm-hmm. For Yahweh is good, and his covenant steadfastness, his love endures forever, and his faithfulness continues through all generations. <coughs> the idea of the faithfulness of God is, and, that, and perhaps that's the biggest thing, that, that no matter what our circumstances are, uh, at any given fourth Thursday in November, we can look back at the year and look back at our lives, and we can look forward into our children's and grandchildren's lives with confidence, knowing that Yahweh, knowing that God is going to be faithful. Yeah, Mark, uh, I, uh, I was just looking at a quote that you had. It says, if one removes his focus from the thing or the possession and places it upon the Lord, 
then one can still be thankful and can still rejoice even though appearances say there is nothing for which to be thankful. I think that's a that's an interesting quote, and I think that's kind of what you're talking about. And, you know, maybe just a, a, a little bit of a reflection. I, I heard you share your testimony uh, in chapel a long time ago, and it still stayed with me. And I, I think that's uh, that that was a testimony of Thanksgiving. I mean, there's there's bad stuff that's happened to you. I, I mean, you are a diabetic. You've struggled. There's pain in every morning. And uh, what is your what is your response? You know, to when people say, "Why did God do this to you?" Well, you know, I, was, <laughs> I was diagnosed as type one diabetic when I was 18. I'm now 61. And, and sometimes it's rough, you know, there are physiological problems that come with diabetes, just treating the diabetes itself and, and physiological problems about the complications of diabetes. First of all, I'm thankful that a lot of the complications that come with long-term diabetes, I have not really been visited on me with some slight neuropathy, but, you know, eyesight's still good and all that kind of stuff. So, first of all, I'm thankful that the chronology of diabetes does not appear to be my chronology right now. But beyond that is, is when, when you ask the question, why did these bad things happen to me? You also, you also have, to, you have to be willing to ask the question, why do these good things happen to me? Because none of us deserve good things. We're all sinners, and the wages of sin is death and everything associated with death. You know, with sin came suffering in the world. Became, you know, with sin came wrecked relationships. All bad stuff in the world is the product of sin. And once I opted into the sin market, okay, once I entered <laughs> into that market, I am going to get dividends from that from that sin stock market, okay. And I can't, I, I don't know why God has allowed some bad things to happen to me. I don't know why I, I contracted diabetes when I was 18 years old. But I also don't know why many of the good things have happened to me in life have happened. I don't know, I don't know why my wife loves me. I and mean, I'm a hard person to live with. Okay, you know, and I think most husbands, when they're really honest with themselves, would would say that. I don't know why my wife loves me. I don't know why I have loving children. I don't know why I have a granddaughter that just can't, you know, I hung the moon. Grandpa Halen hung the moon. I don't know why that, that happens. I don't know why I get to work at a job that is also my hobby. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know why I get, you know, a lot of people don't get to do that. I don't know why. There are a lot of good things. I don't know why I've been blessed with such great friends throughout my lifetime. I don't know why. And, and I, have to, I have to ask that question along with why do these bad things happen? And when I ask both questions together, I discover that God is faithful, that God is good, and that I can put up with these bad things that I don't understand. Because first of all, there's probably a bigger purpose that he has in mind. I think God has used my diabetes in my life to do some things, and he's probably used then my life to help other people because of what I've experienced. So I can see my life in, in his plan, 
and his purpose. And when I can't quite see the details, I can trust him because he is faithful and his goodness lasts for all generations. Yeah, I appreciate that because a lot of people, I mean, you're an Old Testament guy. I, you know, we've we've uh, debated before because I'm a, I'm a flaming New Testament guy. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, people... Uh, have said, well, the Old Testament God seems so mean and cruel. How would you answer that? I mean, uh, why would we give thanks to that God? <laughs> well, first of all, I would challenge people to read those texts a little bit more closely. The same God who uh, threw Adam and Eve out of the garden was also the God that gave them clothes. Uh, the same God who cast them out of the garden and told, you know, from the sway your brow, you're going to eat. Uh, bread was also the one that kept the crops growing, that they would eat the bread from. Also, that God had said, on the day that you sin, you'll die. And they didn't just drop dead. In his mercy, allowed them to live. The same God of the Old Testament who sent the flood also preserved Noah. He could just ended it all. Uh, uh, God constantly, in context of judgment in the Old Testament, is also showing love and faithfulness. Salvation always comes in a context of judgment. The same God who sent the plagues also, you know, got the Hebrews through the Red Sea on dry ground. The flip side then, the same Jesus, who's all this loving Jesus, also pronounces judgment on people who consistently turn their back on God. And have you read the book of Revelation recently? <laughs> yeah. um, the, you know, the, 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 the book, hailstones yeah, the, the book, the book where the most, the most, you know, you know, grotesque and magnificent images of judgment is found is in Revelation. Okay. And, and, to make that distinction, to make that dichotomy of the loving God of the New Testament and the wrathful God of the Old Testament is to read neither of them well. Yeah, so so the end result is that uh, confession that God is good is a great part of thanksgiving. Yes, uh, when all else fails. When all else fails. Uh, and you begin, you end, and you middle with God is good, and uh, his faithfulness endures forever. I love uh, different ones who, you know, you say God is good, and they say all the time. Mm -hmm. all, all the time, time, God is good. Well, thanks. Thanks, uh, Dr. Halen. Wow. Yeah, and uh, I, I want to just follow up. One of my favorite phrases that you talked about, and it's become more and more uh, useful and meaningful to me as I've gotten older, is this the idea of, of God always saying, and throughout the, New the Old Testament especially, to remember. Remember who I am. Remember what I have done. So just real quick, in a, in a closing, you've got people that are listening right now who, uh, you know, we always talk about, we, we want to look forward. We're, we're, we're a society that loves the new. But there's an, an element of Christianity that always needs to remember. So this week of Thanksgiving, what would you encourage us to remember? You've already reflected on some of that. Remember what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. Remember that God has always interacted in human history to rescue people and to transform bad situations. 
and remember that he has promised that there is coming a day when all will be set right. That's good. Thank you, Dr. Halen. Thank you, Mark Worley. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. For those of you who are listening, our prayer is that especially during this season, you'll be reminded of how God is is faithful and how good he has been and is in our lives. If you want to learn more about Dallas Christian College, we encourage you to go to our website at www.dallas.edu. And we pray that you and your family have a great Thanksgiving holiday. Stay safe and healthy. And we will catch you next time. Take care.